Welcome back to I Work in Fashion podcast. I'm Maddie, host and creator of this podcast. And on today's episode, I had the pleasure to speak with fashion journalist Jordan Wake. We spoke about how to get your career started as a freelancer, getting into Fashion Week, and how having simple conversations with people can open many doors in the industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I Work in Fashion podcast, um, the show helping you find your place in the fashion industry. So today I'm speaking to freelance fashion journalist Jordan Wake. So Jordan has contributed to magazines such as Roller Coaster, Show Studio, and Re-Edition, amongst many. Um, he's also the creator and host of the podcast Queer and the City, where he interviews icons of fashion and the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but before, before we discuss any of that, uh, how are you, Jordan? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very well. Um, start of another week and very happy to be on this podcast. Thank you. Um, so can you tell me a bit about like yourself and what you're doing, what you're up to at the moment? Yes. So uh, I'm based in London. And as you said, I'm a freelance fashion writer. Um, I'm originally from Norfolk, um, which is a county um, about an hour and a half, just under two hours, actually, I'd say, um, which is where I grew up. Um, and I moved to London almost, well, about, well, it's about three and a half years ago, almost four now. So. Okay. And did you move to London to go to university or did you? No, no, I university um i moved um i got an internship with hillary alexander um on this podcast will know who is the former fashion director of the daily telegraph um and current president of graduate fashion foundation um so i did an internship with her in september 2018 and i never left and then uh, i wasn't living in london at the time when i interned with her I was actually living in Norwich, which is a city within uh, Norfolk, the county. Um, and uh, yeah, I did a month internship and, and never left and lived here ever since. And London now feels like home. So. Mm-hmm. And so do you still work for her at the moment or are you now no. completely freelance? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I finished last. I was with her about three years um, and now I'm I'm fully freelance. And so did you always want to be a fashion journalist like growing up or was that something you wanted to do for like a long time? No, no, definitely not. I, um, I, none of my family are in fashion. I had no real link to the factory and there's not really uh, much of a fashion scene. In fact, it was very cliche, but my first introduction to fashion, I can just hear the eye roll now, eye roll now, but it was the Devil Wears Prada eye roll um, oh yeah it's a classic it like, is it know. is it and you know say what you want about it it's a brilliant movie and it's entertainment but that was actually yeah. the first introduction but my first um so I finished my GCSEs I left high school at 16 and then I went to work as an apprentice at a uh competition yard uh horses I used to be um oh, okay but horses um and that for a handful of years and then I swapped ponies for Prada and then I got into fashion <laughs> and I yeah I my first kind of introduction into fashion was obviously being exposed to kind of media magazines etc mm-hmm. etc et which I think most people's uh, route into fashion it was the first time they're exposed to to the industry that's yeah. usually the route and then I created a blog at the beginning of 2016 and that was really kind mm-hmm. of my my and this was like this because now I mean no one really has blogs anymore obviously with like the rise of like different social media platforms yeah um 
but I guess that was time kind of the time of when blogs were slowly on their way out but they were still not that they aren't relevant they still had more relevancy than perhaps they do today um mm -hmm. I kind of just started writing you know whatever I was thinking whatever I was yeah I was doing and uh I started getting to going to like kind of little you know or smaller in uh, fashion shows and exhibitions and uh or I was getting invited through that through that kind of uh platform did you have a big following or like in your blog and stuff uh no I mean yeah it wasn't it wasn't kind of big at all but um I was speaking I was you know reaching out to people I was yeah. engaging with people online I was you know really trying to get my name out there um and I like to think the people that were following me were people that I engaged with they weren't just a number they were people that yeah. I was building kind of a with whether it was personally or professionally or they were just you know liking my posts or something you know it was it was small but it was organic which I think I was quite pivotal yeah. at the beginning um and then yeah so I started getting to kind of going to these exhibitions and, and smaller shows um and then through through there I was meeting you know different editors and writers and photographers and models mm -hmm. and being exposed to the side and then I started getting asked being asked to write for different publications and that was really where my kind of step into actual fashion journalism was where I was you know writing professionally and writing for titles smaller titles in the beginning and then as obviously I've I've progressed in my career and I've I've moved to London um you know the titles have changed and I've been very lucky to work with different magazines uh publications and platforms um you know as well as the magazines I've been writing mm -hmm. for I've obviously been able to do my podcast be a guest on other people's podcasts obviously work as Hillary Alexander's Alexander's assistant um I've done you know social media reporting and creating content for different publications and platforms as well um so yeah that's how it really kind of unfolded it was never mm. planned ever what I set out I mean I kind of knew that journalism was what I wanted to do and being in the world of publications was what I set out to do to start with hence I created a blog to get me yeah. a kind of a, a platform or kind of some credentials but it was never planned Ever, you know I think he speaks to some people in the industry and I'm sure it's with any industry and they know what they want from the day you know from from the get-go but um I was never like that it was just a, a happy accident if you will yeah okay and so the internship that you got with uh, Hillary Alexander is that something that you or was this uh was she a person that you really wanted to work with or was it again like a happy accident where you really wanted to do an internship and just um and she kind of like took you in or um it was a bit of both um I'd been following I mean I knew who Hillary was from before I got into fashion because of her work uh, in television um and within the media so I already knew who she was and then I really started following her um and her work when I kind of you know mm -hmm. starting in my career in fashion um and I mean it was never planned to just get an internship with I mean I would have jumped at the chance anytime but it wasn't something I necessarily yeah. set out to do again because I wasn't living in London so internships weren't as full and so it wasn't logistically as as feasible but I was I was this was kind of in the first year year or a couple of years of sort of writing professionally and I was I would mm -hmm. do graduate fashion week for the day to cover one of the days there for an independent magazine that I'd been asked to write for again like I said and this is in the early days of of writing professionally um and she was doing a talk with Eric Underwood who is the former royal ballet dancer um mm. and one I mean I'd seen Hillary around events and stuff before and anyone who's seen her knows that she doesn't stay in one place for very long so I knew after the talk I had about 20 seconds if that to quickly speak to her 
so after the talk it finished and everyone had answered their questions in a clap and and then I kind of ran to the front of the stage and I said I love your work I've been coming to your talks every year here can I please have an internship and mm. then she gave me her email I got in contact we exchanged emails we had a coffee to discuss details and I did a month and just like that I stayed as her assistant for for the best part of three years so I guess as um, a freelance journalist myself I feel like sometimes it obviously internships are like a great part of building your career and especially as a journalist because I think you really do need that professional experience but so if you had an advice for someone who wanted to get an internship um, what would it be other than running to your I guess idol and asking her for an internship is there something that you did at the time maybe that you feel like could be a good advice um I wouldn't recommend running up to someone you might get a restraining um, <laughs> yes <laughs> I uh, guess you got lucky there, I mean, it, it never, it never, um, it, I'm quite a, an extroverted person, um, so it helps, but it never hurts to just talk to people if, you know, and like chatting to people and, you know, I did an internship at Harrods Magazine and, and that was a week or two weeks, I think, and then that turned into a freelance job um, and that was purely from asking, I think, um, fashion is such a kind of social industry and it's such such a small you know we think it's this you know it is a huge industry mm. but it's actually very small you know the circles that we run in I think kind of you know just one of the pieces of advice would just be get talking to people um you know the worst anyone is ever going to say to you is no or unfortunately we're not taking interns at the moment or we're too full yeah. at the moment but you know if you're if you're friendly and you're enthusiastic and you've got a willingness to do the job, I think that really does stick with people. Um, and I think, you know, there's the opportunities that I've got where it hasn't quite worked out at the time, but in six months time, I've got an email from that same person um, because they remember that I was so outgoing and I was warm and friendly and really quite, you know, showed my enthusiasm. I think that would be the best piece of advice is to just get chatting to people and just yeah. start talking and, you know, saying you know oh you know if you know you were talking for example to a freelance stylist or or any stylist and you sort of say oh well if you ever need an assistant stylist you know I think even if you're just journalism I don't think it you know I've done assistant styling internships mm -hmm. I've done assistant work I've done you know cross work with social media I've been a personal assistant I've worked in retail I've worked in shopping I've done all these different things and although not all of them have been just journalism they all have contributed to my career so another Pete as well as kind of being you know get networking get talking I would also say try different things especially in the beginning of your career um I think um I think it was the New York Times that I was reading that it was that um it won't be specialists that survive in the future it will be generalists those that are able to do different skills I think if you're I think it's very important to you know obviously have a talent and have a passion for something i.e journalism but I think being able to kind of have these other skill sets you're also able to apply them into what field that you're doing you know mm -hmm. something like you know if you're an assistant stylist or a stylist being able to communicate and you know uh build relationships with people which is quite applicable to then PR and then PR and you know it all kind of overlaps so I think another piece of advice which is so important is to not uh 
not be too specific in the beginning. I think it's so important to do, you know, if you're wanting to do journalism, that's great, get writing, but also, you know, it doesn't hurt to do a PR internship or be an assistant stylist, you know, freelance or, you know, go on podcasts, I, you know, I do, get doing, you know, just do, try different things because I think it also highlights what you're really good at, which is great mm-hmm. because then you know what you should be doing and also what you're not good, what you're also not very good at and what you need working on so I think it's so important to kind of branch out and try different things especially in the beginning you've got your whole life you know to kind of find a job and you know do do what that is or whatever you know sector of the industry you may be in but mm-hmm. in the beginning it's so important to just try different things yeah and so when you started um writing freelance how long like, how did you manage about uh, getting paid for your work? Because I feel like when you start as like a freelance journalist, for example, you might be um, obviously writing for like small publications that might not pay you. But if you want to keep doing your job as freelance, eventually you do need to get um, paid for your work. So how did you, for example, at the beginning, did you get paid right away for the contribution you were doing? Or um, Yeah, I mean, it's always such a tricky subject because... Uh that a lot of writers in the beginning don't make money I won't lie I have written for free before it is really difficult I would say um I would say I when I was writing unpaid it was at the very beginning and I was building a portfolio uh, mm-hmm. but I wasn't just doing that I was also you know it, this was years ago and I was working in retail or I was doing little freelance jobs alongside as well as writing to live and pay my bills um I think when you've kind of built a portfolio and you, you, I mean, I think any, like, I'll just go on record to say this, that everyone should be paid for the work they do. You know, I think, you know, you know, whatever, I think there's a difference with publications between can't pay and won't pay. And a lot of these publications don't make enough themselves to be having freelance contributors. Mm -hmm. But if you're a fashion student or if you're starting in the industry and you need to, you know, get your foot in the door and you start, you know, because the portfolio that you build is then what you, then send to other editors who want your references or examples of your writing so I guess it was the first kind of in the first year that I started getting paid um again obviously as I was doing jobs alongside this I think um and even now like I think it's there's um you know I don't have a fixed rate I'm you know I negotiate with different publications and editors about you know if it's you know some some magazines pay per article some magazines pay by word some you know it's completely Mm -hmm kind of just establishing your rate and also talking to your peers and talking to you know other writers and sort of you know like this conversation that we're having now because hopefully and see how I've done it and maybe you know take advice from something from it um about you know having jobs on the side that whilst you're you know building your portfolio you've also getting a stable income because that's equally as important uh yeah just just start to again start talking just start reaching out to people and start you know if you're you know you've got into a fashion show and there's another freelance writer just say oh how you know you, mm-hmm. you know you're obviously not going to say to them how much do you get paid but you know sort of questions about you know how did you get started and how was you you know I'm just starting you know I've just started writing for publications how did you build that repertoire and how did you you know start making you know a living from your work and it is very difficult being a, being a freelancer yeah. I industry is so difficult no matter what you know you're a writer or start I think it's very difficult especially in the beginning um mm-hmm. But yeah, I would just start having conversations with people. I would start, you know, just being transparent with editors that you're writing and, you know, talk about, you know, when you're pitching, you know, after they like the pitch, just then, you know, start the conversation of establishing a commission. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah it's very difficult i think the more that we do talk about it though the hopefully the better it will be because it is a very big problem um yeah. across the kind of you know when you're starting and you know there's that kind of like it's almost like the necessary evil but why should it be like that because you know i i think i saw this thing on instagram where it was like um it was like a, a meme um and it was someone saying um unfortunately i'm able to help you make money due to not being commissioned or something along those lines or yeah. something like funny um but yeah i think it's a conversation i think it's kind of just been shoved under the rug for so long and i think mm -mm. Last couple of years, people are becoming more aware of, you know, paying your in, you know, not taking unpaid, you know, interns and, you know, getting paid for your work, even if it's just in the beginning, you're still green and not experienced, but you're still getting paid for your time. Um, but yeah, I think the more conversations that we have it and the more that each individual, whether it's you or I, start talking to other people about it, the more we kind of push that conversation forward. And um, before you mentioned that, obviously, you met quite a lot of people in the industry when you went to like Fashion Week and stuff. Um, could you maybe talk about how you got to your first fashion shows as like a journalist? Like, how do you get to Fashion Week basically when you're, again, like a freelance journalist? Um, well, how you do it is you... Um, you know you email the pr so you go on the official london fashion week website or not just the official london fashion week website um you know any kind of designer that's showing will have a pr representative or an agency yeah essentially handles the guest list and who's invited and and who's not so you contact the them and say i hello i'm such and such i'm reporting for this publication i would like to request an invite for such and such show and then I mm -hmm. link to my website at the bottom, which obviously has an example of my write examples of my writing. And you know, I, I'm obviously friendly with a lot of PRs now, so that's not always the case. But um, just you know, examples of your writing as your credentials, and obviously talking, you know, make it short and sweet because they've got 100 emails a day to get yeah. people who want to come. So just say, "Hello, I'm such and such. I'm reporting for X magazine. I would like to request an invitation for X show." And you're either in or you're not. And it just, you know, it's just again messaging people talking people starting a conversation and just pushing yourself out there you know you know i i wouldn't recommend it but i was sneaking into fashion shows if i could and you know trying to get the yeah. part and you know uh, you know sneaking in with friends and stuff you know in the beginning and that's just what you do and you do anything to kind of get into the show and that's just you know that's just how it kind of started really but obviously as you kind of build, mm -hmm. um you know a professional journalist or a professional writer or a professional stylist whichever route you take that's usually the way that people um request invitations and you know the more you know the more um that you build your career and the more that you build for your portfolio and your contacts you know you then start getting invited you don't even have to ask you to invited because they want you to cover the shows um you know um meet the designer or interview the designer or whatever it may be so and is there um one show that you've been through been to since the beginning of your career that is very memorable to you yeah it is richard quinn autumn winds 19 um and he had it i think it was one marlebone which is like it's not industrial but it's like there's these industrial stairs and it's this big room i can't quite anyone that's wanting to know what it looks like just google it it's easier than listening awful description but it's this big room um it was just a very um it was just a very interesting day because at the start of the day we'd had the shrimp show mm. and after that we just found out that Karl Lagerfeld had died oh, yeah. um 
and then we went to the show and it was almost kind of like one door closing and another one opens of that collective mourning of such an icon and such someone who has contributed to so much to the industry and changed the way fashion is and it and his kind of you know his his way of thinking mm. how he was it's just it's almost indescribable but this iconic passing and then going to a show of a new talent because you know Richard is still a relatively young name even you know this years ago so he was even you know now he's more established of course and um mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago he was you know obviously a a younger name and a new talent on the schedule and you know winning this extraordinary show um and then after that we went to Bethany Williams who was another young exciting talent on the schedule and um Camilla turned up um this was a year this was a year after this is exactly a year after um the Queen had come to Richard's show. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just a very surreal day, and it was. Mm, you know, I can imagine. Yeah. It, yeah, there was that kind of collective mourning with that kind of collecting, collective witnessing the next generation, um, and the passing and the start of it was just a very yeah, it was a very, um, I don't know what quite what word to describe it unique day. Um, yeah, it was mm. just it was a day that's always not just just as a journalist but as someone in fashion and and as someone that was there that that was a kind of a real fashion history moment um yeah. of so much happening in one one day um that's what's really stuck out to me but I've you know I've been so lucky in my career I really have to have been to New York and Paris and London and been to the shows and met different people and experienced so many wonderful things um so yeah there's been lots but that would be really um one of the highlights I think the highlight the show that really stands out to me if someone says think of a fashion show what it would be and I would say that and um kind of looking I guess in the future is there one show or even a designer yeah you that you haven't met or haven't done a piece on yet that you'd want to interview or or for a fashion show like attend um well up until recently I'd never been to an Erdem show um he's one of my favorite designers and I think his work is brilliant and I it's you know it's just Mm. it really is just I love about it it collectively brings together everything I love about fashion mm. and I was lucky to attend this season and um I didn't get to interview him backstage um but again going to that show um if there was another designer who would I want to interview I would love um to interview Tom Ford oh, yes. I think he's fascinating uh-huh. um and talking I'm at Gucci and launching his own brand and you know kind of thoughts um I would love to pick his brain yeah mm. I would say Tom Ford one that I would pick um but there are so many great like there are so many I mean I could put a whole list together but if I had to choose one it would just be Tom Ford um and just his clothing is very me as well like yeah. I think it's just kind of like, like favoritism thing of like you know I like aesthetic but also I like his kind of like his career in fashion mm. of completely revising Gucci and what he did there and then launching his own brand and building kind of the the conglomerate the business that he has um mm. I think is remarkable um I love just listening to interviews um and if it wasn't him I would say Mark Jacobs who I was very lucky to meet in the last couple of weeks at a book signing um but again going into one of his shows mm-hmm. and I've never interviewed him and spoken to him properly so that would be fun um so yeah and so in addition to your work as a freelance writer you have also started a podcast called Queer in the City So can you tell me about uh, why you started that podcast? 
Yeah, so I started the podcast during lockdown, uh, the first ones. So this is right when the pandemic started. I think a month or two in, I started it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm always very, I love interviewing people. Like, it's a real passion of mine. I'm really intrigued by people. They fascinate me, yeah. um, especially creative people and, and, and queer people. Because um, obviously it's quite perfect me being a gay man in fashion um so it was really a platform in which um it's almost like a passion project you know it's something that I do as a yeah um which is equally relevant to my career which helps mm-hmm. but I just find people that interest me and I've loved you know a lot of the people on the podcast are friends so it's again quite natural and organic um and even though they're friends I've also found out new things about them I've always believed in really uh thoughtful journalism of talking about things that matter that matter to me and to, mm-hmm. and the stories that need to be told um and and the voices that need to be amplified um that's really what it was about and just talking to these extraordinary people and finding about their lives and their career and um you know talking about their lives both per- both personally and professionally um is really the idea behind it i mean i don't have I mean, you're probably far more structured with your podcast than mine. Again, mine's a passion project. I, I just kind of do it when, um, you know, and I kind of, kind of come across someone and it could honestly be at a fashion show or it could be in a nightclub. If I find someone interesting, yeah. I think, or someone that's been on my radar for years and I think, oh, great, I've got this, I'd love to talk, or they've just done something and I think, oh, that would be love. that would be amazing to talk about. Having this space, you know podcasts are such a you know I mean they've been around for a few years now but it is kind of like 21st century journalism of that not everyone can read a book but when you know on the way to your commute you know you only have time when you're sat down but from the moment you leave your house to the moment you get to the office you can have your earphones in and listen to a podcast and it's that new way of relaying a message to an audience uh, which I find quite intriguing and um, anyone that knows me will know that I love speaking so it's perfect for me (laughs) I love speaking too so (laughs) um (laughs) that was really kind of why I put it together and and as I said it's a passion project so I have no real structure for it and it's also just nice to listen back to you know some of those interviews are you know a year old or longer than that so it's nice to listen to back nice Mm -hmm. to listen to those stories that that they're telling or the people that I'm interviewing and hearing about their their remarkable lives um so yes that's really why I kind of started it Mm -hmm. and um is there one episode in particular that you're very proud or like um that you like in from the the shows that you've done i interviewed dame zandra rhodes which um you know she's someone that i've been able to kind of meet um you know, a few t- well not a few times but quite a bit over the last couple of years since moving to london um who i find extraordinary i think she really is the pinnacle of british talent and um you know, talking about her life and you know she got a letter of introduction from to Diana Vreeland from uh, Bean Miller, I think, was the editor of British Vogue at the time, that sent her to America. I think she said at her first fashion show, she had, it was in this, I think she said apartment, but again, go and listen to the episode. Um, but I think it was around, I can't remember what time period it was, but it would have been in an apartment, I think she said, and she had Halston and Diana Vreeland sitting on the sofa as she was sending her first show. And, we spoke about the kind of the decadent 70s and Studio 54 and the people that she worked with. I mean, she's dressed everyone from Princess Diana to Freddie Mercury. And she's just, she has done it all and she's an extraordinary person. So it was a real privilege for her to give me that time to talk about her life and her work and what's next for her. You know, she has no intention of 
you know, I think she's 81 now and, you know, she has a different collaboration every month and she's producing all these beautiful clothes and she's still, you know, still such an icon and always will be. So that was a real honor. But each episode is very different because the per each person is mm. so they're all very n different um, and they're all, you know, it's a real honor to have someone come onto your show and talk about their lives and give that time up of their lives to, to discuss it and, and yeah. share it on that platform. So they're all very different. Um, but that one in particular, particularly because I have this fascination over that era of Studio 54 and that time. Um, yeah. So that was that was quite special. Um, so is there one book, film or like a personality that has inspired your career? Oh, it's very difficult. I'm inspired by so many different things. I think most creative, I think there are of certain moments and certain things which change your life and change mm. your thought processes. But, yeah. you know, I'm currently watching the Andy Warhol Diaries on Netflix, which is just yes. a really find, which is so inspiring and so fascinating. But also I'm reading Grace Coddington's memoirs at the same time in the evening equally so inspiring um so I'm always kind of just you know and like I'm going to the V&A this week for a show and an exhibition and I'm so I'm sure I'll be equally as inspired by that so I'm always very um I'm inspired by so many different things so many and so things. Many, yeah. not sometimes the whole thing but certain, there could be a certain chapter or a certain scene or a certain you know if it's a designer it could be a certain collection or a certain look which is so inspiring so it's all these kind of fragments which kind of built up this inspiration mm -hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm inspired by by a lot and um I think again it helps to kind of you know when, when I said or kind of get talking to people but also get reading get watching get going you know just you know keep your eyes open um I think it was in the September issue, Grace Coddington said she never falls asleep when she's traveling because you never know what you're going to miss and that's yes. all out to me because you never do know what you're going to miss um exactly, sometimes yeah. i think sometimes you might see everything you don't know but i always mm -hmm. i've kind of that's always resonated with me of just keeping your eyes open because you never know what literally could be around the corner um and so the the last question of the episode is if there is one piece of advice that you would give your past self at the beginning of your career yeah it would be uh don't worry it's all going to work out i think there are so There is so much pressure um, to just have everything. I think because it's so, this industry, I'm going to talk about this industry in particular. Obviously, it's a fashion podcast. I think this is quite applicable to wider society. Um, mm. That particularly in this industry it is so competitive and it's so saturated and there is so much talent that doesn't always make it. Um, mm. But equally, you know, don't don't panic. It will work out, you know, keep working. I think, I think if you're, you know, the most hardworking and friendliest person in the room uh, or sorry, the most hardworking and nicest person in the room, you can't go wrong. Mm. Um, and yeah, just don't panic. Don't put all this unnecessary pressure on yourself. It's going to work out. You're going to get where you want to be. And I'm definitely not where I want to be at the moment. Um, you know, I've still got a long way mm. to go to where I want to be. And I don't have everything figured out, but I think yeah, that, of course. what 25 but year you're old, working on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So just don't put pressure on yourself. Just, you know, keep working hard and keep a clear aim and, And it will, I know it's so cliche, but it will happen. It, everything does fall into place. Um, so yeah, so just don't put pressure on yourself and just keep working hard and it'll work out. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I think it's a, a great way to um, end today's episode. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of I Work in Fashion Podcast with Jordan Wake. I hope you've enjoyed it. All of the people and material mentioned in this episode are linked in the description below. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can also follow the Instagram at iWordPodcast. That way, you'll know when a new episode comes out and can also send me feedback, questions, or even recommendations for future guests. See you next time.